and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas Dry Stock Advisor, Terry Carroll, and beef farmer, John Phelan from County Kilkenny. Terry and John highlight the importance of harvesting and then siling process in making top quality silage. Given the last few weeks with poor grass growth on farms, Terry, farmers will question whether to allow a crop to bulk up what is your advice? Yes, Catherine, looking and, and it's always a, probably a, a sort of dilemma with farmers because obviously when you make silage, it's not a, a cheap crop to make. So you're, you're trying to combine quantity uh, as well as quality. But look, the reality is what we're saying to farmers and, 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 and you know, growth had been poor there for a number of weeks in April and even into early May. Uh, you know, where farmers have closed the ground probably from the 21st or 2nd of March and got it fertilised, shortly after that those crops seem to be in a fairly good uh state of affairs and, and are quite good yielding and we, we've measured one or two of them around the place they will be ready to cut very shortly so there won't be any big delay there it's probably those crops that were closed that bit later maybe into early early april or that because things were tight on farms from across point of view that's where the decision probably uh, is it has to be made do you let it bulk up uh, now to have 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 uh, the same quantity as maybe previous first cuts or do you not and i mean the reality is once you start getting past the 20th of may which is not far away uh those perennial ryegrass swords start to head out and look the figures are there as not figures that i'm making up around the figures are there for years that when you start dropping dmd quality as in the dry matter that just really starts dropping you are going to pay for that with the performance you get from your cattle in the shed and I mean, typical figures might show this is in good weather. You could drop from maybe a DMD of 75% on the 20 to May to probably 10 days later on the 1st of June, you could be at 70% DMD or less in good weather. If you ran into bad weather, you could be in, in way lower DMDs. What does that cost you? Look, in simple terms, that's at least 25 kilos of live weight gain less on whatever animals you have in the shed for the winter. Uh, on the same feeding regime. Obviously, you can make it up with meal and you'll have the same live weight gain coming out, but that meal costs money. So they're, they're the sort of figures. 25 kilos of a loss probably for, uh, over winter on any bullock or heifer uh, for every 5% drop in DMD. And it's very easy, as you know, Catherine, you could drop 10% uh, very quick if weather went against you and you got held up by a fortnight. Most definitely, Terry. And really, it's coming back to the grass growth stage at cutting and that's where it's going to affect the silage quality as you mentioned. Can you explain how the grass growth stage will affect the silage quality? Yeah, well, look, uh, look, those ryegrass, most swards are probably intermediate and mainly late heading perennial ryegrasses. The typical heading date on those varieties are, you know, would be probably from anywhere from the 20 to May, and it could be right up into the 6th or 7th of June, depending on the mix of varieties in your sward. But you will start head more than likely from shortly after the 20th of May. And when those grasses start to head out, the, you know, the leaf then is going into seed head and the quality is deteriorating. Uh, and they're the sort of typical figures there that, you know, in good weather, possibly 5% each units of dry matter digestibility could be lost there in the space of 10 or 11 days from the 20th of May to the 1st of June. Uh, and then if you ran into poor weather and the crop started getting heavier or was heavier than you thought and started lodging, the drop in DMD can be shocking. So, I mean, what we're saying to farmers is 
weigh it up. You know you'll need some quality silage for the winter. And maybe for some farmers, you need all quality silage for the winter. If that is the case, uh, like history has proven it, take the quality now when you can, albeit, I mean, no one's going to be cutting in the spills of rain. So when you get a chance to cut it, if that's the end of this week or next week and you feel your crop is, is almost there, we'll say up to the 20th of May or that, get your crop cut, uh, uh, you know, if there's a realistic yield on it and be prepared to come back and make up the deficit with a second cut. And as the history has shown, if those second cuts bulk up, all the better if you have taken a lighter first cut. So it's a matter of weighing it up yourself, but you can't uh, get the quality really later on if you miss the quality now, I suppose. That's what we're saying, where you can probably get the quantity later on if you miss it now. Terry, what factors are important in achieving good silage preservation? Yeah, well, sure, look, I suppose the golden rule there is, you know, oh, oh, silage you know it looks to be simple to make but yet it's only simple and you'll only have good silage when you do all the all those simple things correct and that means you know even go starting off with we say you have your crop ready and decided to, to it's harvest time try and mow the crop dry like in all honesty that means probably mowing it with the dew off now i mean i know contractors uh you know have to keep keep mowers and harvesters moving but Ideally, you'd be trying to mow that there after the dew off, maybe in, in the early afternoon or whatever. Um, if you want to get a fairly quick wilt on, on grass, if it's that bit slightly maybe lower in nitrates than you like, to get a quick wilt, you would have to spread it out. But where the crop is in fairly good condition for ensiling um, at mowing time, you know, plenty of farmers might still leave it in the 10-foot swarts. And if we mowed it at 12 o'clock one day, in, in uh, ideally, we're talking about putting that into the pit in the afternoon of the next day. Like we're not advocating leaving it down for two nights. It's really one night on the ground. And if you want, if you need to increase the de- the dry matter uh, a little bit more rapidly, ideally spreading that out and rolling it back up then the next day and then siling it that next day. That's the typical way we'd be advising. And then you know you could do all that right. You may stay doing everything right when you're doing anything right. And that means when you bring in that silage, and I'm talking about pits now, you know, you, you put into your clamp, you roll it well, uh, you, you, you cover that well. Ideally, I suppose, if you can work it, having plastic on the side walls definitely ensures far less waste on the sides of the pit compared to maybe the conventional way of trying to get plastic up on, on the edge of the walls. So, you know, expelling air, getting it into the pit quick, getting the cover on, the, on that clamp quick, and letting the silage do its natural fermentation. You mentioned there the nitrates, Terry, and it would be a fear among some farmers whether there would be nitrogen still in the crop. How would farmers go about testing the grass? Yeah, a good point, Catherine. And look, it's available every year in the Chagas office around the country there where we do ensilability tests. And look, what I'd always do first and foremost for any farmers, I do the sugars test. And the sugar test, we just uh, squeeze the juice out of a representative sample of grass that the farmer has bought into us. And it needs to be representative. There's no point in getting a light bit somewhere or whatever. And that sample of grass that we test, we test the sugars on a refractometer. And if those sugars are up around 3% or higher, I will do no more tests. That to me is absolutely fine. That grass will ensile fine. If I get maybe a refractometer reading there, we've shown the sugars around that 2% or thereabouts, then we might go proceed and do a nitrates test as well. And if we're in good conditions and nitrates aren't too high or whatever, that silage could well be still fit to cut, 
albeit you might be advising the farmer to maybe ted it out there, as I was saying earlier, to get that sort of wilt on it. And once you cut the grass, those sugars, uh, you know, in, in proper conditions, I'm assuming, once you cut the grass in proper conditions, the, 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 the sugars in the grass will be rising straight away. So if you spread that out and have sunshine coming down on it, that, you will be in a position to inside that the next afternoon or evening as well, if we're just marginal on the sugars or nitrates. And then obviously if you someone brings in a sample and we're off the mark regarding sugars or nitrates or whatever, or a combination of both, it, that may well need to be left a little bit longer to be ready. That's great, Terry. Thanks very much. John, you're operating a store to finishing system. Can you just recap on how you've managed your crop of silage so far? Yeah, um, we have 60 acres of silage ground here closed off. It was all uh, grazed uh, pre-closing off. We closed it off on the 25th of March when it got 2,500 gallons of slurry. And uh, approximately a week later, just at the start of April, it, we, got, um, we gave it 80 units of protected urea and sulfur. John, when are you planning on harvesting your silage crop? Yeah, originally our target was the 15th of May, Catherine, but um, obviously uh, things things have changed. Uh, that cold spell and we, we had a dry spell as well um, that's affected growth. So we're probably going to push it out another 10 days. Um, we'll probably, as, as Terry has mentioned, um, we'll probably hold on for that 10 days, but we'll do a sugars test and we're kind of more aiming for quality rather than quantity. So we will be probably cutting around the 20th of May. And how long will you be allowing the crop to wilt? Yeah, so we, we try and cut it uh, as dry, dry as we can. So that's, that's the key, try and cut it dry. Um, we were using a conditioner more and we'll try to throw it out as much as, uh, as far as we can to let the air um, get in under it. Um, depending on the, the bulk of the crop, we will then decide whether it needs to be tethered out or not. Um, so we we'll probably will mightn't tether it out at all, but... Um, depending on, on, on the bulk quality and quantity. But um, we will probably leave it down for about 24 hours and uh, we will then harvest it with a, with, a, with a silage wagon the following day. And how do you go about sealing the pit? Um, so probably from the start, it, it probably starts with a, a good loader operator um, trying to leave the pit as consolidated and as level as possible. Um, cover it straight away. Have your... In covers and plastic and tires and sandbags ready to go and don't be kind of looking looking around and, and trying to find them on the day that you're cutting silage. We put two layers of a new um, polythene covers and then we put a protective netting on top of that to protect that that plastic so to ensure that when covering a pit we don't damage the, the polythene cover or the tires or, that, or even that crows um, tend to kind of pick through the plastic and this protective netting helps that. We'll put um, sandbags, saucy sandbags on the edges and at the front and, and back of the pits and then um, mats and tires will consolidate it on top. And in relation to effluent management and storage, how do you manage that? We yeah, making sure that effluent tanks, uh, so as Catherine, are, are empty, and if you're using pumps, etc., to make sure they're they're in working order. Um, we run um, drainage pipes down along the side of the pits and in the channels to help effluent uh, run more freely. Um, so it's just just kind of um, and even just running the, your plastic, your top 
plastic cover over your effluent channel, not letting excess water into your effluent tanks. That's great, John. And in relation to the stock that this is going to be fed to next winter, what have you seen in the past number of years when you're feeding quality silage to stores? Yeah, so this this the silage, we're, we're, as, as mentioned, we're, we're aiming for quality rather than quantity. And uh, so our, our target is 75 DMD plus. And the benefits of that is that we've when when cattle are, are housed, that they, they don't get a setback. They're, 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 they're driving from day one. And obviously there's a, a cost implication as well. The higher DMD you have, the less concentrates you have. So we will do a silage test um, approximately two or three months after pitting. And then we can decide and make a budget then of meal requirements, if necessary, for the finishing and the store animals. So Silage season is a busy period on farms. What steps are you taking on your farm in relation to health and safety? Yeah, it, 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 is, a, it is a busy time and um, people, uh, uh, other neighbours and, and maybe family friends and things like to maybe be around when silage seizing is coming on. But we just try to ensure that, that people, if they are coming to visit, they let us know they're coming and they stay in behind the fences, maybe stay in their vehicles. And just that uh, everyone that's working machines are aware that there is people around and just be cautious of it. Um, our own, when we try, just trying to make all our machines are, are serviced and, and, and fit for purpose really, and that have all their guards and protective um, things on them. Um, and just making sure that everyone has, a, has enough, enough sleep and rest and, and be kind of alert when, when um, doing, getting into side season. Kind of slow, slow and steady wins the wins the race, I suppose, and and um, it'll all it'll all be done at some stage. That's great, John. And finally, what are the final two or three tips that you have for farmers that you're doing on your farm in relation to quality silage? Well, first first of all, I, I would say quality over quantity. Um, cut dry and wilt fast, and cover as quick as you can. Have the tires and plastic ready to go. That's great, John. And Terry, you discussed a lot there in relation to making quality silage. Could you give three tips in relation to any farmers that are making bale silage in the common weeks? Yeah, well, look at, I suppose, what we're saying again, and, and it's the same with any type of silage, bale or pit, uh, cut your sward, uh, cut it dry and get it wilted fairly fast, particularly for bales. Uh, we, we need probably a better wilt than pit silage. So it may involve tetting it out there and, and, and to get to get the dry matters up to near that 30% mark fairly quickly. Uh, don't leave it too long on the ground. Uh, secondly, you know, cut it, cut it a clean crop. You know what I mean? So be careful with mowers and things like that that were not uh, taking clay or whatever. So, you know, you want grass coming in and all the bales and not clay because clay will uh, contaminate the bales and, and you'll have mold. And then make a good firm bale the bales need to be you know, drawn into their rest place fairly quickly because crows will do a big job on them if they're left out in the field for a few hours. Draw them in, store them safely, keep your relevant distance 20 metres plus away from water courses or dikes or anything like that there uh, and, and try and cover that heap in some manner because crows can still go at them either with grease or some sort of a thing because otherwise you could end up with holes in them. That's great. Some really interesting tips there from Terry and John. And I suppose decisions made in the next few weeks are really going to impact on the amount of concentrates that will be fed next winter. Thanks very much. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Terry. Thanks to Terry and John for joining me on the show. 
You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.